If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, we're going on grid. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. In the end zone, it is caught for the win. With a walk-off touchdown. Pro football. All right, here we go. Pro Football Rewind, hour number two right here on the Sports Grid. I am Kevin Walsh filling in for Matt Stryker. Davis Maddock uh, is right by my side here as we break down what the wild card round got us. We are almost through with the AFC, then we'll pop over to the NFC. But I want to spend a little bit more time on the Titans-Ravens, Davis, just at least through uh, you know the prism of, of how you see that matchup going. We t- we've talked about it a little bit throughout the show here. Um, but you've mentioned that 9.5 that sits out there for the Ravens and how this thing could get to 10.5. And, and I said I, I am usually... And it has cost me. I will wait till the day of. But I think you could be spot on. And let's be real here. Nine and a half to ten and a half absolutely could make the difference between winning a bet and losing a bet here. So I am interested maybe, you know, in back in Baltimore. I agree with you that Texas number might be high. I don't know if I feel the same way. I feel like this Ravens team, the route could be on. I also think that the uh, the route could be on. In fact, I feel pretty strongly that uh, the route will be on. The, the The thing about the Titans is their game plan works very well when things are going great for them. So when the Titans are ahead, when the Titans are in a close game and they're not forced to pass on first, second, and third down, the other team is biting on the play action. Those are the about the most elite spots as it could get right mm-hmm. and the Ravens are just they're not going to let that happen they are going to be they're going to be up 7-0 it's going to feel like almost before the ball gets kicked off and you know I also don't think Tennessee's defense is that good there's been a ton of situations this yeah. year where Tennessee's defense 
defense has given up a ton of points to bad, uh, you know, bad offenses, non-efficient passing offenses. Yeah. And the Ravens are both a very efficient passing offense and a very efficient rushing offense. So I, I think the nine and a half number, if you guys are watching this right there and you see that nine and a half number, I think that you should jump on it right now. Yeah, and I'll tell you the one thing that I am looking at, and you, you kind of mentioned it there, like the Titans and their defense, how great they are. The total's 48, and it is, you know, it's right up there with, the, with the, you know, the Texans uh, Chiefs number that I see at 48 and a half. If I'm not mistaken, in the 10 games that Tannehill started before the postseason, it was 9-1 and one to the over. I know people could say the postseason is a different animal, but also that Patriots offense is just not going to you know, force them to have to move the football. I think that we could see a lot of points in Ravens-Titans. And you know, early on, a, you know, a week out almost from the game, but I think I could see myself playing that over 48. Yeah, I, I I would I would definitely be on the side of an over there uh, because I you know I think of course even against a good defense I do think the Titans have the ability one they have the ability on big plays you know with AJ Brown and with how Ryan Tannehill is so good at keeping plays alive after the pocket breaks down or at least he's been able to do that this year mm -hmm. but also uh, this is a playoff so Lamar Jackson he's playing four quarters they they can be up fourteen yes they can be up twenty they're not pulling Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. they're not they're not calling the dogs off in a playoff game in a home playoff game mm -hmm. uh you know they they are they are going to be they're going to be looking to put up 40 they're going to be looking to score the the maximum amount of points possible so i do think that is uh i do think that is a pretty big part of this yeah and let's be real here if right because there's going to be people who will be like all right well what if they're what if they're up like 42 well, then the over is going to hit then the over is going to hit like that's the you know what i mean and, and then like buy a little bit also if you think that's in play like if that's your fear on not wanting to play the total because lamar doesn't get you all 49 points then play the ravens minus nine and a half ten and a half alternate spread of 20 and a half like play every single available option out there yeah you know davis i also wanted to ask you in terms of how often you know when you're betting in the nfl do you play teasers Honestly, and it's like, you know, we right new year, right? New year, new me. I week 17 played two uh 13 14 teaser, 13 point 14 teasers and both went 3 and 1 and I was like, all right, I got to stop this cuz you're laying minus juice with point spreads that high. I know typically people play are the 6 point or the 7 point teasers, but it almost feels too good to be true with the Chiefs and the Ravens both down to, you know, if you're playing 7 point teasers, under a field goal, it is so attractive. Do you play teasers, and do you think you could see yourself with those combos? Honestly, I I do not play teasers. Mm -hmm. I I think that uh, you know teasers have they have good expected value some of the time, but I spend so much of my time in betting on grinding. You know, basically like kind of like low limit prop markets. So like I like to do a lot of in game betting. I like to do a lot of uh, player prop betting. Mm -hmm. That uh, you know I I just find those angles to be more profitable. Now if I was trying to get you know twenty k down a weekend on bets, I either just wouldn't be a point right there's no point in there's no point in betting you know over four catches for james white if you're trying to get that kind of money down mm -hmm. however if you are trying to you know if you're if you're just trying to grind out you know a good recreational profit i do kind of like some i why well, I, I love these smaller markets like you know play props and stuff but you know i i'm actually reading uh i'll, I'll give a i'll give a little plug here i'm reading ed miller's book the logic of sports betting mm. and specifically in there he talks about how you know a lot of 
intelligent sports bettors or you know people on Twitter they'll say, oh well, well parlays are actually bad. You're not you're not you're not getting good enough odds for the commiserate amount that you're risking. But actually that's not true. You are you are a lot of the times actually getting good odds on on those parlays because all it's really doing is just rolling up your success rate on top of one another. So mm. I don't I don't think that parlays and teasers are bad. I mm-hmm. just don't spend a ton of time on them myself. Yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you another question then, actually, along those lines. It's something I asked on in-game live, and I'd love your take on it. You know, today in the Eagles game, I was really interested in playing both Goddard and Ertz's over on receiving yards, feeling like at least one of them would cash. Maybe they would both cash, just considering the receiving core that was there. The reason I ended up not doing it, and this is why people, you know, you have to have different, you know, places that you can shop. That's the ideal way, you know, to, to bet. I didn't think I was getting good numbers. Like I, I was asking around, what's you know, and people just had significantly better numbers. I felt like than what I was having because props can come down to very, very slight margins. Now the way you know, so I ended up not playing them. I passed. Both would have cashed, and actually with relative ease, considering on the, the receiving yard days that Goddard and Ertz played. When you're looking to grind these things out. How much of a gap could you potentially need to see from what the rest of the market might be showing to maybe what you're looking at in terms of a props total? I think that you can get massive gaps. Like I, I like there was there was one the other night that I was looking at, and it was a it was actually a basketball one. Mm. But I saw I saw a prop that had a twenty five percent difference wow. in terms of the uh, the value in in terms of what we expected. It was mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward points, rebounds plus assists, and it actually lost. It it, it was it's kind of funny, and it just anytime you get these bets that you think are like are are the the golden goose, it was, was it against uh, the Hawks. So Kemba Walker was out and. It was. It was I was on the, that Kemba freaking Walker bet too. That's out. so and funny his, to say. Yeah, his rebounds, his rebounds, points plus assists was mm-hmm. twenty eight and a half, which is like, I mean, that was like it was like seven or eight off from mm-hmm. the number that we had on DailyRoto.com, and it didn't hit. But that just gives you an example of like how, and, and it's not to say it's bad because the like the books are not sweating it that much, but there's mm-hmm. definitely edge to be had. That's so funny that that. It's the only Hayward prop I've played, but I also, I, like, Kemba's out. Like, I could see it. You know, you look through some some of the projections. He only had one assist. Like, that was the real killer with that. That's so funny you bring that up. All right, we come back. We'll start talking uh, the results from the NFC wildcard uh, round here on Pro Football Rewind. Keep it locked on the grid. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media. 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, we are back here on Pro Football Rewind. You're going to start to break into the NFC wildcard round, but I will also be selfish. Davis, at any point, you got any Laker Pistons props you're playing, throw them out there. But let's start with the Vikings uh, and the Saints game, 26-20. to The Vikings win, and, um, man, this was crazy. Like, there's so many different reasons why this was improbable. And one of the best ways, I think, to represent how unlikely this was, there were people out there who said, I'm taking the point spread with the Vikings. I just think it's a little too many points to be laying in the postseason. While the Saints win at home, they haven't necessarily been throttling teams uh, at home. But you weren't really hearing a lot of people saying, I'm taking the point spread and I'm sprinkling on the money line. They, like People weren't looking to be that greedy uh, with this game, and yet, in overtime, improbably, the Vikings win this football game. I was floored, like, and I assume your reaction was similar. Yeah, I, I was completely floored by this result. I, I just thought no way. Now I did. I was I was you know one of those people who thought that Vikings money line was the correct or not Vikings money line, but Vikings you know plus eight was the correct bet. I wrote that in my column on Roto Experts on Friday. But you know uh, you know when you're when you're gambling, you're you're not going to gamble on one team plus eight points and then the money line for the other team. So that was a game that I kind of stayed away from for mm. money line purposes. But 
I had, you know, I had the Saints in every every fantasy contest that I was in over in the postseason. So mm. like that's a disaster. Like using your using a roster spot on Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees. Wow, yeah. That is just a stone cold disaster. It also probably means that, you know, that those lineups, they're not using Dalvin Cook. They're not using Adam Thielen. They're not using Stephon Diggs. So that's a disaster. Like it just I got everything about this game wrong. I had uh, New Orleans Saints to win the NFC futures. And I think the the biggest lesson that I can take away from all of this is that uh, I mean, it's it's just a it's a disaster to not have a bye week as an elite team. Mm. If you are an elite team, the biggest thing that you need to be worrying about during the regular season is finding a way to get the bye week because in an NFL game, just random stuff can happen and random yeah. stuff happened in this game. And that caused the Saints to lose. And I don't think anyone would argue that they are a worse team than than the Packers. I think most people would say they are better. But the Packers found a way to get the bye. And that is going to that's just going to be so meaningful for them. Yeah, you know, one thing, Dave, is I, I, I was, you know, during the regular season, I, I played the touchdown passing props for a, a lot of different games over. I'd usually go for the over one and a half touchdown passes. And I actually don't think any quarterback threw for multiple touchdown passes this week, but Breeze was the quarterback who saw two and a half touchdown passes listed at a lot of books. And it was with reason. I believe six of the seven games since he came back, when it was that first game against Arizona, he went for three or more touchdown passes, which is incredible. 26 of 33, 208 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Look, it's not a disgrace of a game, but nowhere near what you would expect from Drew Brees. And now the question lingers, you know, what's next slash what's left for Brees? I mean, it's just it, we're going to see him come back next year. It's going to be the exact same thing, which is that when he gets to the playoffs, when he's been playing football for two months straight, uh, and actually he got a rest this year with uh, that those six weeks off in the middle of the season, he just he just does not really have the arm strength left, and the Saints offense has to change a little bit. We saw him miss deep on that throw to Ted Ginn. We saw him sail one high to Traquan Smith. Just really did not look mm-hmm. like Drew Brees, very similar to how Tom Brady has not looked like Tom Brady this year. So is Drew Brees going to be back in New Orleans next year? I th- I think almost certainly. I, I would say that's like a, you know, an 85% probability type of occurrence. So it, I think we should feel pretty good about that happening. But the Saints, are they're going to have to be even better on offense. You know, they're going to have to sign more veteran playmakers. They're going to have to spend more resources on getting more offensive players because as your quarterback ages, it has to be a better and better environment for them to continue to succeed. And the way he closed the year, like, if the arm strength is going to go, like, it's going to go, there should still be ways to win. The only reason why the Bree stuff, I guess, would be up in the air is they do seem to want to hand this over to Teddy. If I'm not mistaken, a free agent this year, like, how are they going to navigate this situation? Can they really convince him again to sit behind Breeze and wait? Hey man, not only not only is Teddy Bridgewater a free agent, Taysom Hill is a free agent. In <laughs> fact, all three of the Saints quarterbacks Technically, technically, the way all three of their contracts are structured, all three of them can leave the team in free agency this year. I, I would actually say the if, if you parlayed all three of them, it would be like minus 110 for all three to still be on the <laughs> roster next year. Because if you if you look at some of the teams that need a starting quarterback, I don't know how many of them are going to be wanting to gamble on Teddy Bridgewater. So like at the, the spot that I oh, man. 
What if the Patriots sign Teddy Bridgewater? What if what if Brady mm. leaves and they say, we'll give you a one-year $25 million contract to be the quarterback of the New England Patriots? Like, how, how does Teddy Bridgewater say no to that? That's the thing. Like, if if the money comes and the opportunity comes, like, I know, like, a lot, there's, you know, there's the joke, and it probably comes from, like, you know, the show Blue Mountain State of, like, the dream is to be a backup quarterback. Not when you've worked your whole life to be a starting NFL quarterback. Like, it is not going to, I think, be easy to pay Teddy enough for him to be cool with sitting behind Breeze again. And, you know, if we're honest, like, next year, if Breeze shows cracks in the regular season, which I wouldn't bet on because, I mean, the dude's ridiculous. Like, he's so freaking good. But if so, then we will get to the point where people will say, what about Teddy? What about Teddy? What about Teddy? So th- this is where I actually think they're headed for a pretty interesting offseason. In terms of the skill players, they've the receiving core has always been weird. Michael Thomas, to me, he's the best receiver in football, and I'm not saying that in to try and debate who's the best receiver in football, but when you look at the numbers, like just let it be. That's who it is. But there's never been a num- you know another guy, it feels like, next to him. Kamara had a super weird season. Lat Murray really didn't play the way you would th- would have thought. Jared Cook had a hot stretch, you know, paired with a lot of cold stretches. Like, what is this skill position room going to look like? Michael Thomas is wide receiver one, no doubt about it. What are you doing with Kamara next year? So Kamara is going to be an awesome guy in fantasy next year. So the combination of him having bad season-long numbers, Latavius Murray having good numbers when he subbed in, the Saints leaving the playoffs disappointingly and leaving the playoffs early, all of that is going to add up into Alvin Kamara being a, a huge value. He was like a top four, top five pick this year. I would be incredibly surprised if he ends up being a consensus first round picks next year. And to me, he is a stone cold lock to be there. He actually was used as a starter this year more often than he had been in years past. He just was less efficient. And he finally started being more efficient towards Towards the end of the season, when he started, he scored, uh, you know, five touchdowns over the Saints' last four games. Mm-hmm. But to me, Alvin Kamara is the same guy that he always has been. And if Drew Brees, you know, we we think that he declines a little bit more, it's actually probably more likely that they they lean on the running backs a little bit more heavily, become more run heavy in the red zone, become more run heavy overall, and that's going to be huge for Alvin Kamara. With in terms of Michael Thomas, and I would assume he's one one. If he's not, let me know. But I'm trying to figure out of ways where he then wouldn't be. Let's say they get Antonio Brown next year. This All this stuff gets cleared up, and he's a member of this football team. What happens then if there is a guy of that talent level next to Michael Thomas? Will he still be the top wide receiver, and there's just no way anybody can move him off that spot? For that to happen, their offense would definitely have to structurally change. Uh, Michael Thomas is a very good wide receiver. You know, I, I agree with you. I think he is the best wide receiver in the NFL, but he also gets targeted like it. Like he yes. gets targeted at a a like a 35% clip in some of these games. You know, he's going to end the year with most targets, with the highest target share. And if you bring in Antonio Brown or you draft one of these elite young wide receivers, mm-hmm. you know, they draft Tyler Johnson from the University of Minnesota in the first round or something something like that, and you move his target share from 33% to 27%, while he's still going to be great, he's still going to be a top five fantasy wide receiver, clearly, uh, it definitely is going to bring him back towards the pack, essentially. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason for that is he is a pretty low average depth of target. And if you stack, you know, eight yard catches up on top of each other, they're super valuable. But if, if you're getting eight eight yard catches instead of 13 eight yard catches, mm. that just changes the calculus of how good you are for fantasy a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well said there. We come back. Let's talk about this Viking performance and what kind of chance they have going in to the number one seed San Francisco 49ers building next week. Uh, they've also got a short week, which is such a stupid thing that the NFL did. Uh, we'll talk about it right here on Pro Football Rewind on the other side. Keep it locked. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. 
All right, here we go. Pro Football Rewind. Uh, let's move on to the Vikings, Davis. And again, a, an incredible performance. And, you know, part of the reason I think a lot of people, though, were, were hammering the Saints is the lasting image of Cousins playing at home with the North on the line in a primetime game. I guess he was saved because this game wasn't played on a Monday. Um, Played well enough, but Dalvin Cook was also uh, tremendous in this football game. Adam Thielen was incredible in, in this football game. And, I mean, there's a lot of positives to, to take from this Minnesota team. What, what stands out for you? A lot of a lot of solid performances pretty much all the way around. Dalvin Cook was very good. Thielen started out super rough, you know, had a fumble, had a bad drop as well, uh, but obviously picked things up a bunch. And, you know, Steph Diggs, Ola B.C. Johnson, those guys were not as involved. Kyle Rudolph was good when called upon. I thought that after getting burned on that deep throw from Taysom Hill to Deontay Harris, that Xavier Rhodes was pretty solid in this game. Really, I think what you have with the Vikings is you have a team with a lot of good players on both sides of the ball. They are well coached. They're well prepared. But where they are going to end, you know, where they are going to end up, uh, you know, at the end of the season is that, uh, you know, they just don't quite have enough talent and their coach is not quite imaginative enough to get them over the hump. You know, in terms of this game, I was interested in playing over rushing and receiving Dalvin Cook and Thielen's over receiving yards. And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back because I didn't play them, so I didn't benefit from them. Like, people who lie about that stuff, they say, oh, I hit it, I crushed it. I was nervous about it because both entered this game banged up throughout the year, and the one way to lock in and a, a prop to miss if you're playing overs is pe- for people to get hurt, right, Davis? So... These guys had awesome performances in terms of the health factor. Forget just how great they were, the health factor. Can we move past that? Can we trust now that, you know, Thielen and Cook, you know, they feel like all system goes, you know, whether you're playing props or you're putting them in fantasy lineups? I think that you have to expect that both of them are healthy right now. You know, Adam Thielen was targeted nine times in this game. Steph Diggs was the subject of a ton of, you know, tough coverage, like a a lot of tough coverage, both from safety help over the top and that matchup against Marshawn Lattimore. But I I think that, you know, uh, obviously Dalvin Cook had 28 carries and five targets in this game. I think that we have to trust that he's over his shoulder injury. So, you know, just looking at this Vikings offense, I do think in terms of projecting them moving forward, we have to think, this is their full strength team. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, how do you think you're you're going to be approaching uh, this team fantasy wise heading into to San Fran? Who do you think you're going to be targeting? So I think that's a very tough spot for them because, you know, a lot of what the Vikings do is uh, specifically with Thielen and Diggs, those guys are really put on an island and asked to win one on one. And, the, you know, the strength of the Vikings offense really has been running the ball. And we know that when you get into the playoffs and your your strong rushing offense is no longer a strong rushing offense, things start to go pretty sideways. And, you know, I, I can't you just see that image in your head of mm. the Vikings down 10 zero and Kirk Cousins is sitting there on third and 12 and he has to make a play and he just turtles for that sack mm-hmm. and then the crowd's going crazy and as you're you're sitting there with your Vikings ticket or you're a Vikings fan and you just feel horrible watching mm-hmm. that scenario play out yeah I uh, you know it's and I'm not doing this to discount the Vikings what they did th- to me you know, I think that's got to be the most impressive win that anybody had the weekend right they were the biggest dogs and they, and they went out right in the dome not an easy place to win but I absolutely think the route 
could be on. I'm not positive that Kirk Cousins is able to go out there and play, you know, games of this caliber, you know, back-to-back games. Maybe, you know, there's enough talent around him to to where that's not the case. Uh, Davis, where he doesn't have to, right? Like, he doesn't have to be what, you know, a Lamar or a Pat Mahomes are uh, on a given day. But that six-and-a-half you talk about, right, the Ravens, the nine-and-a-half is not going to be there. You think this thing gets to, say, seven-and-a-half when, we, you know, you have this conversation next week? I I would expect that things would start to move that direction. And, you know, if we get in a similar situation where it gets all the way to eight, eight and Mm -hmm. a half, something like that, I would actually like the Vikings side again. Yeah, I think that's smart, though, right? And that's the, you know, that's the importance of numbers. Like, you know, people think, like, you think they're going to win the game? Like, how much does a point matter? Come on. Like, this is, like, it. it, all of that stuff uh, can make a, a massive difference uh let's move over to uh the eagles and the the philly game here uh, the philly uh, and seahawks game rather excuse me uh that we had because then it'll kind of free us up on the backside. we can start to talk about the teams who didn't play this week and you know your full-on approach to them and fantasy and really you know break down these lines and and different things like that there's plenty you know stuff that we can get into here seattle wins 17-9 it stays way under it's one of these things though where if you cash tickets in this game you feel great about it but the butterfly effect of if Carson Wentz plays, who knows if this thing would have sailed under? Who knows if the Eagles could have played better? It, it's this weird spot here uh, for them. But what is your confidence in Seattle going into Green Bay off of this performance? Uh, my confidence is decently high. You know, I, I think that uh, I think that Green Bay is just not that good of a team. You know, I, I they were yes, they were 13 and three. But no, I don't think that they are is as good as their record says. You know, I, I think that we saw the uh, the 49ers smack the Packers. And I think that the Seahawks are capable of a similar mm. performance. However, the, 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 the caveat that you always have to give to the Seahawks is they might just galaxy brain themselves out of any <laughs> given game by trying to run the ball too right. much. Uh, you know, by call like Pete Carroll will just call crazy plays. Brian Schottenheimer will like routinely forget that, uh, you know, that Russell Wilson is his quarterback basically. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, you know, I, I could see the Packers winning this game 28 to 10. Like I could just mm-hmm. see them running away with it if that happens. But you know, the, the biggest thing with the Packers is, Aaron Rodgers is just not Aaron Rodgers anymore. And a lot of the times in these gambling lines, uh, you, the the world still treats Aaron Rodgers like he's one of the five best quarterbacks. Mm, yeah, and it's the question with, with the Rodgers stuff is, is, is that stuff still in there? I think if you're paying attention, it's clear to see that he's right now not performing at that level. It's just trying to navigate whether that stuff in there. It's similar to Brady, I, I think, in a way, right? Like, Brady did not play anywhere near a top 10 quarterback in the league, but the question still existed is game on the line. Is Brady still the guy we want the ball with? And at the end of the day, I know it was 30 seconds balls on the, you know, your own one yard line game on the line down one throws a pick six. Like, do you think that Rogers is still in there or like, are those days just behind us? I mean, I think that he hasn't been that guy for like Three years. I think right now we're not asking if 2011 Rodgers is in there. We're asking if like 2016 Rodgers is mm. in there. I I just don't see the way any any rational person could watch that Aaron Rodgers game in Week 17 against the Lions, that absolute must-win game against Detroit, and watch him miss yeah. Aaron Jones over 
and over and <laughs> over and over again, and then just throw and throw horrible interceptions. Like Aaron Rodgers looked no different than Mitch Trubisky in that game, basically. And, uh, you know, I just don't know how you can watch that and say, okay, you know, this is still a guy who you can put out there with anyone. And that guy is going to go win you NFL games. I just, I just do. I no longer believe that to be true. Yeah. It's, it's wild because I'm a big Rodgers guy. And usually I like, you know, a couple of years back, I would have loved to, you know, fight you on this, but I can't. Like, not I've I've seen it, uh, and it's all out there. Look, let's talk about the Philly side of things in terms of outlook for next year, and we'll start at the top with, with Wentz. This was a year where he was expected to, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people who, who felt like he was, you know, maybe a fantasy uh, sleeper option at the quarterback spot, right? People, you know, typically are waiting for their quarterbacks. Maybe didn't perform to the level that they that they wanted. Probably not. But again, like the the injuries, it's so weird. Like, how do you think people are going to treat Wentz in terms of fantasy next year? I think that he is going to go. He's definitely going to be a great late round quarterback in fantasy next year because people are just going to wipe away this 4,000 yard season because it ended so poorly. But I mean, look at how how efficient he was relative to league average throwing to Greg Ward Jr., J.J. Arcega Whiteside, Deontay Burnett, Robert Davis. You know, like he barely had his full complement of weapons this year. And, you know, that just uh, that that was it certainly was not great for them. Yeah, I I strong agree. It was definitely not great for them. There's so many guys that like you can try and figure out where you're going to slot them, and maybe this receiving room uh, looks way different next year, Davis. So it, it could be an unfair question. But there's one guy, and this is you know this is where you know my Eagles green truly shows. I just can't help but feel like Deshaun Jackson is the most underrated injury of the season because of what he did week one. I know it was the Redskins, but he looked so tremendous. And they had nobody on this roster that could even come close to repeating what his skill set was. Like, do you see a world where Deshaun Jackson is valuable next year? Or is it as simple as he's never healthy, he'll never be healthy, and that's it? I don't know if it's as simple as he'll never be healthy, but certainly as every year that he ages, I think it gets harder and harder to think that he can put together a fully healthy season. It's what we talked about at the beginning of the show, though, when we were talking about Will Fuller. I mean, we talked about how much space he creates and how that has a positive impact on the yards per pass attempt when he's on the field. Mm -hmm. That same thing is very true for the Philadelphia Eagles. It was true when Deshaun Jackson was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. It was true when he played in Washington and it's been true everywhere he's played. Yeah. Uh, now, what about the tight end spot here? Ertz and Goddard, I think Goddard's really shown that he has, like, I would assume fantasy players would desperately want for these two to separate because Goddard looks like he has the talent to give you comfortable tight end one numbers if he was elsewhere. Although, to a degree, people thought that about Trey Burton, and that never really materialized in Chicago. How are people going to approach this tight end room next year in fantasy? Uh, I definitely think that Dallas Goddard, like, I love him. I think that he's going to project really well. He's for sure going to be overdrafted, though. You mm -hmm. can't draft, you know, he might go in the seventh round, and you just can't, you can't draft a tight end, too, there. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. We come back, a couple more questions with this Eagles roster, a little bit on the, on the running back room, and then we can start to talk about the teams that did not play this week and the fantasy approach to them here on Pro Football Rewind. Good luck on the grid.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, back here, Pro Football Rewind. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined by Davis Maddock. We're going through the wild card round of the NFL playoffs here. We, uh, we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, Davis, and a backfield, again, like every single part of his team, you know, muddled with injuries here. What are the expectations for this team? Because I'd like to think that, you know, fantasy players' dream is this could really open up to a three-down situation for Miles Sanders, who uh, who looks really, really good. Uh, I would say moving forward. 
Yeah, I, I love that for Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders, you know, he went in like the fifth, sixth round this year, and that was with basically no guarantee that he would even have a job to start the year, and he didn't really. You know, he was firmly playing behind Jordan Howard to begin the year. Again, you know, kind of like we talked about with Devin Singletary at the beginning of the show, second round for Miles Sanders, you know, late second round, early third round. He He's probably going to split work a little bit with, you know, whether it be Jordan Howard, whether it be Boston Scott. There's a lot of different guys that it could be but the fact that he's so good at catching passes the fact that they're willing to use him at the goal line all of that is going to add up into a guy who's going to have you know just sky high expectations in fantasy next year and you know it's tough to tell right because you and I know you know how do teams approach the running back position and you know if you're smart about it you really shouldn't be paying them elite top tier money you should be able to find ways to get value out of the running back position without that. Or at least that's the goal, right? If you really want to be able to build a sound team. Last time we were on, we talked about the Rams, right, and the cap hell that they are set up for here. I'm curious, Davis, and I'm wondering, you know, if you could shine a new light on what you think, how the Eagles might approach this. Jordan Howard, a free agent. You know, Doug Peterson's never really gone with a full workhorse. Miles Sanders feels like he has the ability Ability. Like, would you still expect there's going to be at least another guy there? And this will still be somewhat of a timeshare in Philly? Uh, they are for sure going to have another guy there. Now, I don't know if that's going to be Boston Scott. I don't know if they're going to draft a guy. You're definitely not going to get 280 carries and 100 targets for Miles Sanders. I just don't think that's the way this offense is ever going to work. However, I don't think that means that you shouldn't be drafting Miles Sanders, that he doesn't have a ton of upside because, you know, as we've seen with guys like Alvin Kamara, it's it really is just more important to be heavily involved in the passing game than it is to get 30 total, like, like, you know, actually a great example of this would be, would you rather have Derrick Henry next year or Miles Sanders? And mm. you know that Derrick Henry is probably going to lead the league in carries, but he literally, I mean, this year he saw 18 receptions. So <laughs> if Derrick Henry only scores eight touchdowns instead of 18, you're looking at a scenario where all of a sudden he's a lot less fun to own because his weekly floor is like six points instead of 10 points, which is what it is when you're involved in the passing game. And mm. like, for example... I probably am going to have more Miles Sanders in my fantasy leagues next year than I will Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I think that that actually is a perfect way to look at it. I want to ask you a question, though, because you are a fan of a team in the NFC East and because I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday and the NFC East took a, a beating this year in terms of the perception and with reason, the team they sent to the playoffs uh, was 9-7. and seven. The other three teams all fired their head coaches. But I actually think that the NFC East really could bounce back if the right hires are made. This Philly team, fully healthy, I think can be one of the best teams in football. Washington and the Ron Rivera stuff might take a little bit of time, but at least there could be a level of competence there that feels like there hasn't been in some time. The Giants, if they get the higher right, there is at the minimum enough offensive talent if Daniel Jones can just give you like 80% of Jameis's like, I'm going to win every game, I'm going to lose every game, all within the same game stuff, to where I think they, you know, could could at least be a difficult out. And then Dallas, uh, you know, I'll say it, if they nail the hire, if it's 
a Lincoln Riley who I think could be really good for this team. If they nail the hire, they as well could compete with anybody in football. I'm curious on your outlook for the NFC East next year and how it would respond to what was absolutely a down year for the division. So I think everything you said is pretty accurate. Uh, I I think Washington still has a lot of work to do because that that roster it's just it's not up to snuff. I do not think that Ron Riviera is you know the right kind of forward thinking hire that a team like Washington needed to be making. And I think that ownership is one of the biggest competitive advantages in sports. And I think that Washington has one of the worst ownership uh, mm-hmm. situations in all of pro sports. I think you're absolutely right about Dallas. I think that. The Giants situation, the defense is very bad, but if they are able to hire, you know, for example, if the uh, if the Giants hired Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma instead of Dallas and they were like, okay, all we want you to do is not let Daniel Jones turn the ball over. Just get in the lab with him and just figure out his brain and tell him to stop turning the ball over, stop throwing interceptions, stop having these horrible, horrible fumbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I think that I think that the Giants, like legitimately, they could win the division next year because I I think Daniel Jones is good. Like Daniel Jones, like so. Let's like like let's let's take this a step further. If Lincoln Riley is the coach of the Giants. Daniel Jones, then, is QB what in preseason rankings? Like, is it a bridge too far to say eight? Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't think that's a bridge too far. I, I think that I, the, the great thing about the NFC East year to year is you could just, just tell me anything, just tell me <laughs> anything happens in this division yep, yep. other than Washington winning it. And I, I probably believe you like, Oh, the, the Cowboys win 13 games, smoke the division. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Eagles win two games. The Eagles win 14 games, whatever. <laughs> I, I believe you. Yeah, no, it's it. The NFC East is absolutely a, a wild place. What I want to start to do, though, Davis, is ask you how you think you're going. You're going to be approaching the teams that were coming off of the buys from a fan, uh, fantasy perspective, putting them in your lineups. Uh, and I'll go chronologically here. So the Niners, are the first team that applies to. Uh, how do you think you're going to be targeting Jimmy Garoppolo and Co. in fantasy for next week? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and his teammates in fantasy next week. I think there is going to be some edge in these contests on FanDuel and DraftKings in pairing Jimmy Garoppolo with non-George Kittle teammates. Now, of course, George Kittle is the best play on the 49ers, better than the running backs, better than Sanders, better than Debo. But Jimmy unpaired from Kittle as like a like a stack on these daily fantasy websites is going to be such a unique combination that I'm going to be very interested in pursuing mm. that. And insert Mosert. I scored like eight straight games, something like that. Like, is this a guy who we can just trust? He'll he'll find his way into the end zone. Man, it, it feels impossible, right? It just feels like <laughs> it's impossible for him to create touchdowns at this point. It's just like, why even bother? It's never happening. Yeah. Uh, so look, the Ravens then are. It's one of those things where. Lamar is likely to be the most expensive quarterback, I I would think. Maybe not, right? Maybe maybe it is actually Mahomes because that total's a bit higher, so maybe that ends up being the the deciding factor. Actually, maybe that's the question. I'll I'll even pose it in that way. If you had to pay the price for Mahomes or Lamar, which one do you think you would roll with? 
I, I I take Lamar because Lamar just you you know you know he's never having a bad fantasy game. He's never having a bad fantasy season. He just it's just not in the way that fantasy scoring is done with how rushing happens for quarterbacks. And you know I, I think that's the the most important thing. And could, can Mahomes have you know forty five point games? Can he go absolutely bonkers? Yes, but Lamar's floor and ceiling are both higher than Mahomes's. Yeah, man, Mahomes has been it, it's it's been really interesting. What about the the skill players for Baltimore? Ingram, right? He had the you know kind of left it with an injury week sixteen. Like, how do you think the man? And I'm seeing a ten actually. Es like ESPN has their little lines ten. So like within this show, actually, Davis, we might get uh, the move that you're talking about. What, what do you think about the the skill players for for Baltimore though, and how uh, valuable they could be for fantasy uh, looking out to next week? The issue with Lamar for fantasy is it's so hard to stack him because he creates so many of the touchdowns himself, mm. and they're a low pass attempt offense, which just means they don't uh, they don't have a ton of completions, which are really important for PPR leagues. So you know it's it's Mark Ingram and Mark Andrews, and those guys are the touchdown makers. But Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, those guys, it's just very hard for them to be useful fantasy players because their production is so sporadic. And not that at the end of the year, like. You know, Marquise Brown's production looks pretty good for a rookie, but it was so sporadic and hard to nail down that he was a tough fantasy asset to hold. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's well said. In terms of the Chiefs, Tyreek, Kelsey, I think the last time we talked, you talked about how Tyreek could really pop. Uh, I'm sure, you know, the expectation was the Chiefs would be playing against the Pats in this matchup. Now that they're playing the Texans, like, are we looking at a lot of Chiefs stacks for this upcoming fantasy week? Yeah, I love I love I'm going to love Chiefs stacks against this very bad Houston Texans secondary. I think that the Seahawks, uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, I think those guys are going to be super interesting. And I would imagine that, you know, a big chunk of my lineups are going to be Seahawks players, Chiefs players, uh, mm. definitely the Texans pass catchers, Fuller, Hopkins, Stills, and then just, you know, loading up on Lamar. Yeah, I think that sounds like a, a sound approach to it. One of the questions, things we talked about in Game Live, we were leaving, uh, Joe Galina was with us, and he mentioned Aaron Jones. Just you know, Aaron Jones is a guy that can explode and be like, if he's not in your, in your lineup, you're not cashing. How do you think Aaron Jones matches up against Seattle next week? I think that Aaron Jones is just a it's he's just a tough player overall for opposing teams to defend because there uh, there is no tell right there there just is no tell if they're going to be running or passing. And that's really the only thing that you can ask for running back. It's why guys like Boston Scott and Miles Sanders were so effective for Philadelphia, because just because they're they're in there, you you do not know what the Eagles are doing. Yeah. That's uh, I think that's a fair way to look at it. Um, when we we're gonna hit a break shortly, and when we do, because you mentioned it, and I think it's a good way to close out uh, this segment because we've kind of hit on everything. I want to ask you just for your draft take because you you know you kind of talk the the stacked receiver class, and there's a bunch of different ways that that we could take it. Um, but in terms of a fantasy sleeper, because when you're doing DFS in week 16 and every, you know 7, 15, whatever it is, everybody's playing. There's so many guys; it's easy for people to be overlooked. How often or how hard is it to find a true sleeper when you're playing DFS during the fantasy playoffs? 
So it's not so much about finding sleepers, actually, uh, you know, unless there is someone like, you know, maybe if John Ursa for the Seahawks had been able to have a huge game today. But actually, in these short slates, it's more about avoiding the studs who do not do well. So, for example, in this four game slate, if you just had not played Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, your lineup was pretty much plus EV at that point. It didn't matter what quarterback wide receiver pairing you had instead of them, but because the most expensive quarterback wide receiver pairing on the board did not do well, actually just like did straight up bad in terms of expected value. Mm. Uh, like it, it's really more important to nail the fades as it is to nail, wow. you know, the, the best plays. That's actually, that makes all the sense in the world. So then are there guys that you can tell right now? And again, I mean, you have, you have a lot of time to really, you know, break these things down. So opinions can change, but are there studs that you feel like you can look at based on the matchups that you think they're not making it in, into the lineup? Uh, I mean, the the first thing that I'm thinking looking at these lines is I'm probably not going to play a ton of Aaron Rodgers. I'll definitely let Devontae Adams go mm. uh, and definitely going to be using DeAndre Hopkins. But in, in terms of studs, I think that the guys who I'm going to be lowest on relative to the field are going to be Devontae Adams uh, and Derrick Henry. Nice. Uh, I like it. So we get back. Davis, I want your strongest take. Not a hot take. Just the, the draft take you believe in the most. We'll get that as we wrap up Pro Football Rewind on the other side here on the Sports Grid. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, here we go. Let's wrap it up. Pro Football Rewind, Kevin Walsh and Davis Maddock. And Davis, you kind of alluded just to how stacked this wide receiver class is, so I'm sure that is exciting from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Joe Burrow could be a guy people are interested. I know Jonathan Taylor recently declared for the draft, so I'm curious if there is currently you know, a draft take that you find yourself cemented in that you're willing to share with the people. I think that my best take on the draft is that CeeDee Lamb is just like the prototypical uh, 2020 and beyond NFL wide receiver. He's not too big. So he's not going to be, you know, too bulky to to you know get in and out of his breaks at the NFL level. I think he's I think he's going to test crazy. You know, he might run like a four three five or something wild like that. I, I think that he is going to be unreal in the NFL. And my my biggest hope is just. Please let him go to a good team. You know, mm-hmm. do not let this guy go to the Jets. Don't let this guy go to the Raiders. Like, get my guy, CeeDee Lamb, on a good NFL team because he deserves it. Genuinely, Davis, like, all I'm hoping, because the draft class is loaded, all right? So, CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy are, like, the two prizes of this incredible wide receiver class. I am hoping that people take the approach of, it's so stacked, we will wait, that the Eagles can actually land one of those two. It's probably far-fetched, but man, do I want Wentz to have one of those two because they are both freaking special, and I don't care which one it is. I mean, maybe if it's not Jerry Judy, if it's not CeeDee Lamb, I mean, this is... So just pre-draft, and, you know, things always change when guys mm-hmm. run and we get medicals and all that stuff. But this is, to me, the most stacked wide receiver class I remember since that 2014 class, mm-hmm. which had, you know, Odell Beckham and and uh, DeAndre Hopkins and, and all those, you know, Sammy Watkins. Like, I mean, it is just the most loaded class I, I really have ever seen. And this class, I think, could end up being pretty close to it. And what's actually funny, though, is everyone thought the 2019 class was bad. And now it's looking like we have... <laughs> just studs we got aj brown dk metcalf terry mm-hmm. mclaurin like we have so many guys who are already good nfl players but i i could see this upcoming class having you know five guys who become like legit 10-year all pro style guys we i feel like are in for a very very fun 2020 nfl draft all right that'll do it for us here on pro football rewind davis always uh, appreciate the opportunity to hang out with you here and talk some football great stuff best of luck to you uh throughout the rest of the nfl postseason in your bets and in fantasy everybody who's hung out with us here on pro football rewind we appreciate you that'll do it for the wild card if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.